Hello, and welcome to Association Transformation. Andrew Chamberlain, Elevated, it's nice to see you. How are you doing? Elisa Pratt, Brewer Pratt Solutions, your, uh, your friend across the pond. Indeed. Hello. How are you doing? It's hot I'm here. good. It's hot. It's middle of summer now, I think. We've got our day of summer, and it's sapping the energy out of me. Oh, well, I know you have you're six hours ahead, so it is later in the afternoon. I appreciate that. But uh, mm-hmm. you know what really struck me today? And it was it was appreciation for you. So take this, you know, take this for what it is. But, you know, we've been doing this for two years now. And after 50 plus episodes, um, awards and recognition, you know, Association Transformation Uh, marches on and Uh I'm really proud of what we've done but I thought today we could we could kind of I don't know embrace our our humility and uh, and put out a call if you will whether it be to our our fans in Belgium or our um, our growing listener audience in the United States or Australia or Africa Mm -hmm. Um, you know I'm, I'm interested to see what the second half of this year holds and and also reflect back on on the two years of success we've had podcasting and, and chatting about everything, everything association. Yes. Yes. And it's interesting when you reflect on two years of conversation, because actually as you, as we're chatting, I've got a list up in front of me of all the different uh, conversations we've had, everything from, you know, culture to net zero to strat planning to mindfulness, the governance oh my god i'm just i actually it's quite i'm quite it's an embarrassment of subjects it really is but but the reality is yeah it is interesting when i'm looking at these these sort of these these headings these sections i'm curious i am curious as to how things have changed in two years i'm curious as to think how things have changed in one year and you know and and actually as we're moving into the second half of 22 People are already talking about 23 in in operational terms, in strategic terms. We're talking about 24, 25, 26, Um, although I think that's a stretch, 26 at the moment. But um, I don't know about you, but these days I'm just telling people, think about the next three years. Don't think about anything beyond 36 months. Sorry about that. My phone just started ringing. Someone called you? Someone called you have me. A friend? Right, someone called me right in the middle of a podcast recording. Don't they know? My God, sorry about that. Anyway, how we, dare they? I'm not going to cut there. I'm not going. I'm not going to bother a splice in this. We're just going to roll. No, we take pride in the the real life. I mean, <laughs> this is we are brutally honest. Whether it makes us look bad or not, we've always committed to that in terms of podcasting. So it's let's true. not start editing and polishing now. I mean, true. Yeah. <laughs> why, it is a phrase, why start now? It's a phrase that comes to mind about polishing, but, um, <laughs> oh, but you stop. know, you, you're looking at that list and, you know, anyone who's interested, um, association transformation.org backslash episodes, mm-hmm. you can go back through the, the history of, of all we've covered, all the guests we've welcomed and, you know, I, I used to just be a, a podcast fan. I used to just be a, a consumer of association expertise. And now as a host, now as someone with the responsibility to put new information and new perspective out there, you know, I too am wondering how things have changed. I feel like we touch on, we have the same topics, mm. but we're approaching them differently or the voices 
that we bring to the forefront are different. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, is board governance going to go away? No. Is revenue diversification going to go away? No. Is membership engagement going to go away? No. It, it's how we tackle these things. And I, I love how we do that. I think our, our approach is different. But, um, you know, today I thought was an opportunity to reflect and, and put out that call. You know, I want to hear from new people, um, and uh, and I encourage people to to reach out to us, to you know visit us on on LinkedIn or or social media to you know join us. We we don't have all the answers. We don't know all the experts in these spaces, and uh, and we'd love to be challenged. We'd love to feature new perspectives. Um, so you know, if anything, today I think is a an open call a casting call, if you will, for for new voices in the association space. Well, what do we want to talk about? It's all well and good saying, you know, you know what I'm like. If I'm not interested, I'm not going to talk about it. So what is it that we're, you know, what what is it? I mean, I've got, I've actually got a wish list as we're talking. I've got a wish list of things I want to talk about over the well, coming- I, Yeah, as do I, as do I. But I don't want to pretend that we are the number one experts on those topics or we that those need- are the only topics. Oh, we don't need to pretend. We don't need to pretend. We are. <laughs> we don't need. <laughs> why lie? Why hold it back? Why yeah. Why, why? Why hide behind a bushel? <laughs> we don't need to pretend. To hide, hide behind, behind a what? Hide a behind bushel. a what? A bushel. Oh, what's a bushel? Oh, it's like a like a bush, I suppose. <laughs> oh, I don't know. so hide behind, hide behind a bush. bushel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry just a little <laughs> just a little translation moment sorry but uh you know i'm tired of talking about covid and events uh, and in person versus hybrid versus yeah, 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 yeah. all of that i think we grew quite tired of that early on yes, um yes. and uh, uh you know, it's not to say that there aren't still people dealing with that, that it's not something that we'll continue to deal with as an industry. Um, but that that's a topic I, I think I've had my fill of. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. You know, and I know that you're always hungry for governance. I know you. you... <laughs> oh, was that a, <laughs> was that a grimace on your face? <laughs> Do you know, I am. I am always hungry for governance. I am. But I don't need and I don't think our listeners need to talk about the, I think, you know, the, the, the principles of governance, and we just, you know, the principles of governance as leadership are understood. I don't want us to get into the minutiae of, you know, compliance and fiduciary responsibilities and blah, blah, blah. I want to start talking about, you know, what are the kind of, in governance terms, what are the salient issues that boards of directors, boards of trustees need to be mindful of and how, I want case studies on how these boards are embracing it. I had a bit of a set, not a set to, I had a bit of a, dis- a robust debate this uh, earlier with a board that I was sitting around the table with and I was talking about the governance as leadership piece. And I said, you know, we want to be talking about things like artificial intelligence, blockchain, systems thinking. And the guy turned around and he's and he got really up in my face and said, I'm insulted. I'm absolutely insulted. I'm, I'm actually, that's what I do for a living. He said, I'm, an, I'm, a, I'm a specialist in blockchain. And I got the guy sat opposite is a specialist in artificial intelligence. And I'm like, all right, okay. But do you apply it in the governance environment? 
oh, they don't do that. And I said, well, why are you insulted by what I've just said? I'm not insinuating that you don't know about it. I'm saying you're not doing anything with it in a governance context. Right. You're not bringing that expertise to this role. You're not bringing the best of yourself to your contribution to the organization. You know, for me, the governance piece is directly linked to the technology piece. I really, I'm desperately want, and you know, I have been chomping at the bits for months to get into more detailed conversation around how associations are utilizing um, new technologies, capitalizing on emergence, emerging technologies. Um, you know, I don't, we don't, we know how people are using their Twitter accounts and their LinkedIn accounts and their Instagram accounts and everything. We know what they're doing. I want to know something else. What's going on behind the scenes? What's make because we're about we're about the business of associations as well as the outputs of associations. So what are you doing with your tech that's making life easier for you? It's not just Zoom meetings. It's not just Teams meetings. What are you doing? So you know, for me, the whole and I think that's very much wrapped up the tech piece is perfectly uh, aligned to both the operational realities, it's aligned to the membership experience, and it aligns with the governance function as well. And for me, uh, the more we can start talking about technology um, over the coming months and the year, and I mean the coming months and year, I don't mean years ahead, because actually I want to be talking about different technologies in years ahead. So for me, that's a massive emphasis for us over the next uh, six, 12 months. Well, Uh, you know, when we... We talk about, and you mentioned it, making the business of associations easier, making our lives easier. I think that operational sophistication, that operational and technology evolution mm-hmm. that that is out there and available to everyone, um, I think irrespective of your budget, there's technology solutions available at all sizes. Yeah. Um, but I think that's really the key to staff retention and staff happiness and staff balance. Mm-hmm. Um you know, are we doing this for our members? Of course, but in the current environment, I need to retain my staff. I need to hire the best staff. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, uh, I dabble a little in uh, executive search for associations and trade associations that I, I'm highly familiar with. And these last two searches have been very, very interesting um, being conducted during this process. And the questions that I get from candidates about the infrastructure of the organization, the systems that they have in place. Uh, Um, Of course, there's the questions about uh, flexibility and work-life balance and, uh, you know, candidates definitely feel that they're in the driver's seat and they are, Um, but technology is the key to such, uh, so many locks, so many doors. And I think a large one of those isn't just engagement and the transactional relationship with members I think it's about how our staff how the association does its work yeah definitely Definitely. and trying to manage the old systems and new systems is the worst possible spot to be in it's it's a transitional purgatory it really is trying to yeah and 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 often and I well and isn't that just isn't that just one of our I would say guilty pleasure, but maybe that's the wrong phrase, but certainly trying to be everything to everybody all the time, uh. responding, responding to every single demand, expectation, question, suggestion. Losing, losing, losing battle. Yeah, but it's, it's, a, it's a habit that we really as an industry need to break because it means we're not being efficient 
And again, you know, with that with that business of running and you know running associations, you know, you've heard me say many many times, and clients have heard me say, yes, we are not for profit, but we are also not for loss. And it's really interesting because earlier this week, now I was chatting with a guy. It was yesterday, actually. I was chatting with a guy, and we were talking about, you know, I want to see, need to see more of a commercial corporate um, outlook, uh, particularly at leadership level within uh, membership organisations, recognising that it is now, it is a highly competitive market. It is a highly um, diverse and continually diverging market. I mean, you know, this. Every specialism under the sun has got its own little network growing up and, you know, competing with its the parent network, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, we need to be far more mindful of how we position ourselves in a competitive and arguably a commercially competitive environment. And yeah. that is much, much broader than that's much broader than marketing. And it's much oh, broader absolutely. than communications. Absolutely. But I, it is, but I think. I think often the two are sadly equated with one another. Um, business development, well, that equals making sure people know that we're value for money. And it's yeah. like, that's not what it's about at all, you know. So that's another area I want to get into, want to start exploring as well, that kind of commercial acumen, business acumen uh, that, that needs to underpin the leadership, the strategic development of the organization. Uh, you know what, but I, I'm so tired of nonprofits having this, automatic cloud over them. And at the same time, maybe this excuse, oh, we're nonprofits. So we, we, we're slower. We don't adopt change as quickly. We, we aren't focused on, on the, the bottom line, you know, all these excuses that people impose upon them and that they use to their benefit when appropriate. And that this for-profit model, this corporate model is the automatic right way to go, or that it's so different. Well, I worked with a board this week and they were hungry for metrics. They were hungry to define success. And in that sense, was it a corporate approach? I guess, but it's, it's a commonsensical approach. It's a data-driven approach. And that's not just the jurisdiction of for-profit organizations. And I'm so tired of this designation that business done the right way is how the is for-profit or is corporate. There, there doesn't need to be a distinction. Doing it right, doing it through metrics, doing it yeah. with the end user in mind. Yeah. You know, I, I approach it from more of a lean philosophy. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't derive value for your end user, whether that's a member, a donor, a board member, whomever, then it's waste and it needs to be eliminated. We've talked about strategic elimination, strategic yeah. abandonment. You know, there's that's not a corporate or for-profit. Yeah. Philosophy. But I think the waste issue, I think, I think actually, I think it's the waste piece that is what differentiates the two. I agree with you, by the way, I agree with you. But you do have to have an analogy for nonprofit boards to sort of understand. And you do have to give them something to benchmark them, their performance against broader than the, you know, the nonprofit membership industry. You need them to look at other areas. I think the, the key part of it is the waste I think it is, and this goes back to something we spoke about. God, I mean, when did I think it was our first podcast actually? Was it leveraging purposeful abandonment? Um, you know, when you were talking about you know the sacred cows, and I think corporates for profits are always mindful, or for the majority of, of, of the successful ones, are mindful of eliminating waste, cutting cutting the dead weight 
and being flexible and agile. But I think it's the one of the headaches again that we've got. Is this still two years on from us recording that podcast? There's still this massive reluctance to cull, you know, the the sacred cows, and yeah. and that it's that waste that is, I think, what differentiates between the two. And it's worse than ever. I would argue it's worse than ever because as we made advances during COVID, as COVID gave us an excuse to change and to do differently, we now are in a position where we've returned some of the old methods, the old platforms, the old ways, and we're maintaining those adaptations that we adopted during COVID. And now we're having to do both. You know, I think hybrid is a trap. And whether it's hybrid events, it's hybrid engagement, it's Mm -hmm. hybrid means doing everything at the same time in every format for every person. Which is fine if you've got a staff of 3,000 that get it all at the door. With some pretense that you're able to do them all equally. And I agree. And I I think it's it's worse than ever. And an audit, uh, a culling, uh, a pruning of the garden is more necessary coming out of this pandemic era than mm-hmm. it was even before because we didn't get rid of things necessarily during COVID. We put them aside yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then we adopted new, we patched, we bridged, we, we pivoted. Mm-hmm. And, and now we have all of these things in the mix, yeah. both the pre COVID and the post COVID and our inventory, our network, our web is messier than ever. I, I, I would absolutely concur. I would absolutely concur. It's it, it, it is this, yeah, that's a really, that's, I hadn't really thought about it in those terms, but actually, you know, when I reflect on the conversations I'm having with people and seeing the way some of the annual meetings are being put out the door or way some of the AGMs are happening or the way some of the education programs are happening, I am looking at them thinking there's a, an aura around them. It's not panic. But it's not certainty. It's not, yeah. it's not because you're right. They got like two. You got a, a, a boot in each camp almost. It's like you know we want to hedge our bets, you know. And right, and they're it, so it, afraid yeah. to say no to anyone. I want if there's any for profit or corporate principle that I want to embrace, it's the power of saying no. No, that's not our market. No, that's not our space. No, we don't have the bandwidth for that. Yeah. We don't have the margin or the the uh, the the available resources for that. No. I mean, there's a power in saying no and telling your audience that you can't, you can't do and be everything. Mm-hmm. I would love to see this second half of the year in 2023 be dedicated to, to the audit, to the pruning, to the saying of no, to a commitment to doing fewer things better. And not just the things you did before or just the new things you're doing now, but the right things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that may be a mix. But I know I have to tell clients no when they want to do a hybrid and we're supposed to have a board retreat and uh, 18 of the board members are going to be in person and two uh, want to zoom in. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have to put my foot down and say no, because I can't possibly give those two people remoting in an equitable experience. No, no. Um, So, you know, and if I have to be the bad guy, I have to be the bad guy, but it's about setting expectations and then delivering in those areas that are your core your core channels, your core values. It's interesting. When you said that, I suddenly thought it's that, that piece around equitable experience. Now I understand it from a, you know, from, a, from, from our perspectives, you know, we're, you know, 
uh, in terms of our business is, you know, we obviously want to make sure the client in its entirety, you know, values the experience. And usually it is about having, you know, a group of, of, of people around the, the one table or whatever. But, well, that's not true, not always, but something. But that equitable experience, is that hindering our industry? Is it hindering the membership world? Because we feel yes. that everybody who's paying the same dollar therefore has to have the same experience. Yes. Is that hindering? Which sets us up to be what I consider an inch deep and a mile wide, yeah. trying to serve yeah. everyone a little yeah. and equitably mm-hmm. instead of being able to dive deep and give more sincere and specialized value to certain segments because we can't give it to everyone because we can't give it to everyone. We hold back and we only do what we can do for everyone. That's spot on. on. You're right. How often have we seen it where the people say, oh, well only, you know, only a small chunk or only 20% of the members will benefit from this. Therefore we can't spend Oh, that saying right. that I hate, we can't spend members' money. It's not members' money. Don't get me started on that one. Um, but yeah. No, All I'm... right. So we have a few more podcast topics that we've identified here. So God, I see the second like, half of the year coming out. It's like association therapy. This, I love it. This, this is, the, I, you know, we were just going to do kind of a mid-year check-in, yeah. a mid-year yeah. overview um, and and a, a solicitation, a call for new ideas. I mean, we've generated a pretty a, a pretty good list here. Um, and I'm excited about getting deeper into a, a few of these with you. But I think what we've demonstrated is that as leadership teams, chief execs, their leadership teams and their boards of directors, these are exactly the conversations that they need to be exploring. Yeah. If we're sat here talking about it, they need to be sat talking about it as well. Yeah. I, I agree. And I, I hope that these conversations in this podcast, you know, it's what we always wanted association transformation to be. And that yep. was uh, a Petri dish, uh, an experimental <laughs> conversation a around uh, dish <laughs> of terror. Yeah. A test, a testing, a testing uh, oh, site yeah. for, for conversations in the association space. And uh, we thank everyone who's been with us for, uh, for these two years and uh, we hope you'll you'll join us for for the next years and the next episodes that are still to come. There's lots of conversations to be had. Uh, Andrew Chamberlain with Elevated and Alisa uh, Pratt with Brewer Pratt Solutions. We continue to be your instigators, your your Sherpas, as I said uh, in, a, in a previous episode. Oh, you hate that. You hate that. I used that the other day with the group. I'm like, we're the, I'm the, your Sherpa through the treacherous terrain oh, of association God. management. You didn't like that? Do you know somebody, I was talking to someone the other day and they said, they were talking about higher education and they said, oh, higher education industry, it's like an oil tanker. Turning the oil tanker, it's just getting change happening, takes eternity. How would you describe the association world? And I said, well, if you take that, that analogy, we're like a pleasure cruise. We don't really care what the destination is. We're just having a party until we get there. And that's sometimes <laughs> how I feel. Rather than Sherpa, uh, the dangerous press. So I'm a Sherpa and you're a party cruise. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Maybe that's all you need to know about, about our different approaches and our relationship. <laughs> but... Again, associationtransformation.org backslash episodes. Follow, check out the 50 plus that we've uh, we've put out into the world. I'm really proud of what we've done. I'm excited about what's to come. And I encourage everyone to make us a favorite. Uh, we're everywhere you get your podcasts. So check us out and let us know if you have any ideas, if you have any topics, you want to be a guest. Otherwise, put your members and your mission first.